It's one of my favorite stories out of John chapter 4. We're going to start reading at verse 28 through 29, and we're going to skip to verse 39. A woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come see, everybody shout, come see. Come see a man who told me everything I've ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I've ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So Jesus stayed for two additional days. Long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then, shout then. They said to the woman, now we believe. Say we believe. believe. Not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. And now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. Shout amen. Amen. God do something supernatural as we are teaching here and others are listening uh, by podcast and video. Do it in our hearts and do it in our minds. In Jesus name and do it in our living. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Um, If you're joining us for the very first time we're in the middle of what I call a sub-series one series, Humble, Hungry, and now we're doing Smart. And inspired by Patrick Luciani's uh, book, Ideal Team Player, Humble, Hungry, and Smart. And last week I told you that Smart does not, uh, does not uh, deal with our IQ, our intellectual intelligence. But Smart is about our emotional awareness, our EQ. Everybody shout EQ. Very quickly, definition I gave you last week, I'll go back to it again. It is simply the ability to understand and respond appropriately to emotions. Shout feelings. Your feelings and other feelings. And last week I told you there's five components to SMART, but I just want to lift one today. Social skills. And social skills essentially at the end of the day is the ability to understand and guide others down a particular direction. Now, both of these have the word understand. Everybody shout understand. understand. That means that, that in order to understand that you have to be a good listener. You got to hear what the other person is saying, but not just their words. You got to hear what they're not saying. To understand, you, you've got to pay attention. You've got to see their body cues, but understand Uh, what's going on behind the body cues so that you don't miss each other in dialogue, in conversation, and end up in an unnecessary fight. Shout smart. So I want to talk about this story today. And in many ways, Jesus models what I've just talked about. But really, this message is about being smart EQ, because uh, we've been doing a lot of talking about invitation for the last several weeks. And I want to make sure that we don't misunderstand one another as we talk about 
you're inviting. So, I'm sure that you can relate to this point when I say that inviting can be anxiety-provoking, can be nerve-wracking, especially in Silicon Valley. You're talking about inviting people to church. They have such negative uh, uh, perceptions about church. So what I want you to understand today is that when we're talking about inviting, we're not just interested, just, you know, let's just, uh, for the sake of having people, get folk here. But when we talk about inviting, it's because we have learned from Jesus that invitation is the way that Jesus expressed his radical love for people. Everybody shout radical love. Radical love love is expressed through his invitation. And as we invite, we're interested in expressing that same radical love. Now, let's just look at how it shows up here in the text. Let's just walk through this text. One of my favorite texts. First of all, uh, I want you to note in this story about the woman at the well, Jesus does the initiation, initiating. He makes the first move and he initiates and as he does so, he inconveniences himself, driven by this desperate need to express radical love. Now here's what we've learned. Notice verse 4 starts by saying he had to go through Samaria. Well, geographically speaking, he didn't have to go through Samaria. He He was going from Judah to Galilee and there were at least... Two other ways that you could have gotten from Judah to Galilee. As a matter of fact, most of the Jews in that day avoided going through Samaria. They went one of the other ways. And some scholars suggest that Jesus actually went 20 miles or so walking out of his way just to get to Samaria. And as we look at it, the only encounter that he had in Samaria was this one Sumerian woman. Now, what does that tell you about the God that we know in Jesus? That he would inconvenience himself, go 20 miles out of his way because he knew that there was one woman who desperately needed to experience the radical love of God. He knew there was one woman in Samaria who had no idea that she was on God's guest list. Shout inconvenience. Inconvenience. So, verse 6 really kind of points it out. It, It says that when he got there, he was tired, weary, exhausted. He sits on the well, and it's 12 noon. And verse 7 says, basically, almost immediately, the woman shows up. Tell somebody, timing is everything. Now, now this 12 noon is important for a variety of reasons. One, it is as though Jesus raced to get there knowing that she would come out at 12 noon because uh, 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 most women who went to the well in that day either went in the morning or they went in the evening. 
this woman shows up at 12 noon to find Jesus who is physically exhausted having really done everything he could to get there waiting on her to show up. Shout inconvenience. Inconvenience. Part of the challenge with and he's, he's there getting ready to give her an invitation into a whole new life. Part of the challenge with uh, inviting folk is this notion of inconvenience, of having our lives disrupted. Uh, the other day, uh, I was saying to my wife, we have a next door neighbor, and I was saying to her, you know, I just keep thinking about inviting this next door neighbor. I just haven't gotten around. Yeah, what does that sound like any of y'all here? I've been thinking about it. 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 So I said to Rhonda, so the next time I see him, I'm going to invite him. Little did I know. Ten minutes later, as Rhonda and I walked out of our condo, headed out to, to go on our walk and spend some, 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 some lovey-dovey time together. We run into him pushing his baby baggage, his baby carriage, and totally, uh, and we stop, and I'm thinking, Lord, really, right now? <laughs> this is a little disrupt- disruption. But remember the commitment, and we stopped running out together, and we talked to him, and we talked, you know, played with the baby a little bit, and inside of that conversation, I said, listen, um, uh, would you be open coming, you and your wife and family, and, and having, enjoying Easter with us uh, uh, on Easter Sunday? He said, sure, I'll be open to that. I said, great. I pulled out my iPhone, opened up the NBCC app, went to the, uh, we have an electronic invitation. You don't have to worry about the card. Pulled up the electronic invitation. I said, how do you want me to send you an invitation? Email or text? He said, email. So I put it up, I gave him my phone, said, type in your email, and I'll send it. He sent it, he typed in the email, and he sent it. And then we was exchanging, he's telling us his name and Rhonda and the baby, and then he said to me, oh, I, I don't have to remember, your name is easy, you're pastor. <laughs> and then I had a thought, wait a minute, he knew I was a pastor, because we had run into the other. What if the pastor had gone for weeks Gone into Easter and never extended him an opportunity. What about the people in your life who know that you're Jesus followers? You haven't extended an opportunity. Shout inconvenience. Inconvenience. John would have you to remember at this morning, at this, at this part of the text, shout 12 noon. That when we read 12 noon there, your mind should trigger Because by the time you get to chapter 19, he's going to talk about Jesus at another 12 noon. It is at 12 noon that Jesus will hang on Calvary's cross. Talking about inconvenience. It is at 12 noon that, 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 that he will shed his blood and that he will give up his life for you and for me and for all who would dare put their faith in him at 12 noon. Shout inconvenience. So, when we consider that Jesus was crucified to express his radical love 
surely we can be inconvenienced a little bit. Uh, on Sunday, we got folk who are going to show up at 6 in the morning. I call anybody who show up at 6 in the morning a superstar. But they're going to show up, you'll never see them, but they're going to they're inconvenience themselves, make a huge sacrifice to make sure that this place is ready to receive all of our friends and our neighbors, etc., etc., because they're, they're that desperate to see people experience the radical love of Jesus. Uh, there are some folk who favorite gathering, I just spoke to them uh, at 10 a.m., and I told them this, that their favorite gathering is, is 10 a.m., they come to that gathering all the time, but because they know that's our prime gathering and it's going to be packed uh, and they have the flexibility that, that they will inconvenience themselves and give up their seat and slip in here at 12 or show up at 8 because they're so desperate about people experiencing the radical love of Jesus. And, 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 and some of y'all, you, you heard the announcement uh, that when you show up, uh, you're going to park five minutes away uh, uh, in, the, in, the, in the school parking lot. Listen, here, when you're driving up, you're going to be thinking like this. Now, I know they said we should park in the parking lot. But, 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 and just before you complete the but, you're going to remember this message. And you're going to remember the pastor. He said, he didn't say we had to do it. He, he wasn't trying to force us to do it. But he just, he just invited us to be a part of, of the larger congregation's attempt to express the radical love of Jesus. And he said that if Jesus could die on Calvary's cross and inconvenience himself, surely I can park about five minutes away, get on a shuttle that's going to drop me off right in front of the door. Why? Because I too am desperate to see people encounter the radical love of Jesus. By the way, husbands and wives and teenagers, love will require you to regularly inconvenience yourself. Now, if you're sitting by somebody who needs to hear that message, just look at me. Don't poke them. Just... They got it. <laughs> Inconvenience yourself. Love. The second thing that jumps out in this text is that both in verse 9 and in verse 27, uh, the woman and the disciples who return are surprised by Jesus. Uh, uh, throughout the story, when the disciples talk to Jesus, they call him rabbi. And, 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 and in, the, in the rabbinical context, uh, if you walked up on a woman in that day, uh, you were supposed to basically treat her as though she was invisible, shout invisible. That, that you, 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 you were not to ever say anything to her. And especially if she's a woman, and in this case, a quote-unquote loose woman, you certainly weren't to say anything to her. And if she was a woman who was loose and a Samaritan, she sure enough was invisible to you. 
So now you've got to understand the dialogue that takes place uh, in verse 7 when Jesus says, to, he initiates, he makes the first one. He says, would you give me a drink of water? He starts at a level that she can, can relate. And she looks at him. And the verse 9 says, she's surprised. And she says to him, uh, basically, she says, I guess she determines based on his dress that he's Jewish. She says, you, you're asking me? And you know that Jews have no, in the King James Version, no dealings with Samaritans? Now, here's, here's, here's literally what she was suggesting. Uh, you know that if I ate out of a bowl as a Samaritan and washed the bowl and gave it to you as a Jew, you'd throw it away. You wouldn't even eat out of the bowl. If, if, if I gave you a spoon and washed it and gave it to you, rather than you using it, you would throw it away because you, 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 you thought that way that I, have, I was so contaminatable that, that you didn't want me to, 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 to cause you to lose your purity. And you're going to ask me to take my Samaritan bucket and dip it down in this water and pull it up with, my, with the rope and take my my little dipper and let you drink out of my Samaritan dipper. Woo, I don't know where y'all saw it, but that just makes me excited. Because some of the folk that you and I are going to think about inviting, they see themselves the way that Samaritan woman sees herself. That, that, that really Jesus doesn't want to have anything to do with their lives. That, 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 that God does not have them on his guest list. Uh, uh, and, 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 and they have a negative understanding about what it looks like to be a part of a church and yes they know you are Jesus follower and and you but you you've been their friends for years I mean I mean come on you know them you've been their sibling for years you you know them and and and, and you are an exception to how Christians really act right that's how they think but 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 what you want to say to them and what they're thinking is you know Jesus and certainly not your church would never want to want to want to want to drink out of my Samaritan bucket but what you want to say to them is uh, 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 come on the NBCC and, and and you're going to be surprised shout surprise because there we Make it our business to see everybody, to love everybody, to engage everybody. You've got a seat. They might be surprised. Let me tell you, a lot of times, Jesus didn't act like a rabbi. And, and, and I told somebody the other day that here at NBCC, we're trying to reintroduce the church to people. Because some people, all they know about the church is what they see in TV, on TV. And that's a horrible character. Or they know about the church because they got hurt somewhere. And they think all oh, churches are like that. And we're not perfect, by the way. Because we all, come on now. A sinner saved by grace. 
But, but we make it our agenda uh, 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 to love uniquely. I went out to dinner with uh, a couple the other night, me and Rhonda. And the fellow said, uh, one of the reasons why I'm a part of NBCC is that when you finish teaching, the gathering is over. Generally speaking, somewhere out there, you're out there greeting the people. And he was saying he was surprised. Shout surprise. Surprised by that. His his implications was, it kind of looked like you love people. (laughs) But just for the record, I do love people. (laughs) But, But as he was talking, I remembered something that Pastor Dan Monroe said to me three days earlier in our staff meeting. We were celebrating the new building, the growth of the church. Pastor Dan looked at me and said, I want to tell you, Pastor, what I'm praying for. I said, what are you praying for? He says, I'm praying that as God starts to explode us, we're growing and reaching people for the kingdom, that you remain humble. Yes. And, and first of all, isn't it great to have somebody on your team yes. who can be honest like that? Come on now. Yes. Isn't it great to have folk in your house? Come on. Yes. Who can be honest like that? Right? All right. So, so I said to him, I said, thank you. Now, by the way, this message is not about humility. This message is about seeing people and, 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 and humility is, is, is a part of being able to see folk other than yourself so I said to him um, tweak your prayer just a little bit <laughs> he said tweak it I said yes I said here's what you do pray God keep Rhonda Hamilton healthy because as long as Rhonda Hamilton, my wife, is in my life, she gonna make sure I stay humble. <laughs> Come on. I'm serious, I'm serious. And, and by the way, as long as Lauren is in, in the house, she gonna help too. Uh, but, uh, 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 but Rhonda, let me tell you, when we started dating, I was already a person of influence on the campus, and she said to me, I like your humility. She said, let me tell you something. I said, what? I was leaning in. It was a romantic moment. (laughs) She said, the moment you lose your humility, that's the day you lose me. So 32 years later, I'm working on being humble, y'all. Come on. But that's not, that's an inspiration. But to be honest with you, that's not the real reason why I see people. Let me tell you why I see people. It's because I got a good memory, and here's my memory. Every day I look in the mirror, I see my scars from yesterday. And I remember what it felt like to be invisible. To others, y'all ain't listening to me. 
But one day, Jesus, just like he showed up in Samaria, showed up in Cushada. Come on now. Sat on the well of my life and said, I got some water, boy. And if you will bring me into your life, I'll radically change you with my love. That's why I'm here today. That's why I see others. Because he saw me. Here's the link I want you to draw. If I see people, then my staff sees people. And our elders see people. And if our staff and elders see people, then our volunteers, come on now, see people. And if our volunteers see people, then we are a church who sees people. Come on now. That's what I want you to invite your family and friends and loved ones. Come to a church that sees you in your woundedness, that sees you in your brokenness, that sees the value that is inestimable that God has put on your life, that sees the potential that God is calling you into. Come to a church that sees people. This woman had been seen. Jesus went out of his way to say to her, God sees you. You matter. Now, watch this. Then they get into this discussion about water and thirsty. Everybody shout, thirsty. Verse 10. If you knew who I was and the gift of God, he said to the woman, you would have asked me and I've given you living water, the Greek, a fountain of water that springs out. So the woman looks at him and said, well, you don't have no bucket. You don't have no rope. This well is deep. And I've lived here all my life and I don't know of any fountain springing up. And by the way, are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who dug this well and gave it to us? And of course the answer is yes. And Jesus says, if you drink from this water, he points at the well, you will thirst again. But if you drink from the water I want to give you, y'all ain't listening to me. It will spring up in you. It will bubble up in you. Come on now. Uh, into eternal life. Now, here, here, let me tell you what's really being discussed. So, you know, everybody shout smart. So you don't miss it because he, he's talking about the spiritual, but she's talking about the physical. See, they're missing each other. They're missing each other. And, 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 and here's... The insight of the text. Here's the point I want you to take home. A physical, uh, you can never get your spiritual needs met by physical means. All right. Let me give you a quick caveat. That does not mean, however, or should I say it like this? How it is true 
that some people are not open to spiritual stuff until you handle their physical needs. So James says, if you walk up on a brother who's hungry and homeless, don't say to him, be well fed, God loves you. Get in your Tesla and drive away. In other words, God bless you. He said, no, because can't, he can't hear that. Find a place. Get him in a roof over his head. Get some food in his stomach. Now tell him God loves you. Come on now. And now you can deal with his spirituality. Uh, 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 and yet in that case, it remains true that you can never fulfill your spiritual needs by physical means. All right, let me take you to the text and show it to you. This is what he's talking about. He's talking spiritual water. She's talking physical, natural water. He says to her, she says, okay. You can see the gleam in her eyes. She's like, I got it. Give me some of that water. He says in his mind, Jesus is like, you're right where I would need you. You're making progress. Let me help you. Go call your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. Now, have you ever, you know people who when they answer a question that they don't want to answer, that they answer it halfway and they tell you the half is true and they leave the other half. Just keep looking at me if they're sitting by you, don't talk to them. All right, all right, all right. So this is what she said. I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, you have spoken the truth because let me give you the full story. You've had five, shall five, and the one that you have now is not yours. All right, now watch this, watch this, because you cannot get your spiritual needs met by physical means. Here's the point he's making. If you were reading this in the Greek, you would have read it when he said, husband, shout husband. It translates B-A, a little deal A-L Baal everybody shout Baal. Baal and if you know anything about the Old Testament the Hebrew Bible Baal is the name of the false gods it is as though Jesus was saying or could he have been saying you've had five false gods oh, you're not tracking with me let me help you a little bit uh, 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 could he have been saying you've had five men that you have tried to get from them what you can only get from God oh, come, on. <laughs> come on listen to me listen, to me. Let, 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 let me put it another way Here, here's, here's what he was trying to say to her you've been going to the wrong store you, 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 what's in you told you to go find some eggs, milk, and steak. And you keep going to the hardware store. And then you camp out at the hardware store, hardware store, as though if you stay there long enough, the hammers, the saws, 
and the nails are going to somehow magically become eggs, milk, and steak. And then when you leave that hardware store, you go to another hardware store and another hardware store. Baby, I'm trying to get you to see you'll never find eggs, steak, and milk at a hardware store. You've got to go to a Safeway. Come on now. And Jesus is saying that if you want your spiritual needs met, you can't get that from a man or a woman or sex or drugs or alcohol. Come on now. You can't even get it from education because uh, you can have a full head and an empty heart. The only place you can get it is to get in touch with me, an eternal God who loves eternally with grace and forgiveness. Come on now. Shout hallelujah. Jesus says, I'm the safe way, y'all. Come on. Y'all tracking? At the heart of every addiction, at the heart of some of the greatest struggles of our lives, we're trying to get our spiritual needs met by physical means. Some of the people that you're inviting fit that category. But so is it true with some of us. Jesus says, lean into me. Okay, then the conversation shifts. I'm just talking about insights here. And then they start talking about work. Oh, by the way, when he called it out, get this. You can never fully get, because she said, give me some water. You can never fully get what God wants to give you until you become honest about who you are. So he called her out, but he did it with grace. He didn't move forward and condemn her. Go, by the way, if you, if you have shame, because what he did, he put his finger right on her shame, right on her sin, right on her brokenness. And if you have shame in your life, the scripture says, Jesus did not come into the world. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. That's the previous chapter. He doesn't need to condemn you because you're already living under your own condemnation. He needs to show you a way out. Come on now. So, so, so he said, but you got to be honest. Don't hide nothing from me. So, see, expose. Then, the subject changed. She said, you've gotten too close. Let me change the subject. She said, let's talk about worship. She said, how come our two religious groups are fighting over worship? We on the mountain, you in the Jerusalem temple. And Jesus is thinking, talking about getting people to move where you need them to move. He's like, I like the progress you're making. Because for the first time in the conversation, we're talking about the same thing. You remember before, he was talking spiritual. She was talking natural, physical. But now, whenever you talk about worship, you're talking spiritual. And so she's talking spiritual, and he's talking to me. He said, I got you just where I want you. He said, now let me give you some insight that's going to help your heart and bless your soul. He said, the time will come and has arrived. That, listen to me, I love this. You won't have to go to Jerusalem or this mountain to worship. Come on now. If you get to know who I am, you'll be able to worship in the car on your way to work. If you get to know who I am, you 
worship while you wash dishes. Come on now. If you get to know who I am, you can sit in your cubicle. Come on now. And shout and have and, 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 and worship God. You can take an apple and a banana and a cold drink. Walk behind the job. Y'all ain't listening to me. And, and eat your apple, drink your cold drink, and give God praise that he's your Lord, that he's your Savior, that he's got grace and forgiveness, that he's got a future for you, that he's got a purpose for you. Come on now. You can just talk to him. You can do it quietly. Come on now. Because you don't want to stir up the folk around you. But if you get by yourself, you might shout a little bit. Come on now. I don't know why we get nervous by shouting spiritually. I was at the Warriors game the other night, and man, they were all up here. Come on now. I know somebody better than Steph. I love Steph, but Jesus is better. Come on now. Steph's not done anything for me, but Jesus wakes me up in the morning. He carries me on my way. I can shout a little bit, y'all. Okay, here's the insight about the worship. Watch it. Here's the insight. So, number one. So, worship comes out of personal relationship. That's what he's saying. With him. If you connect to him, he'll give you the spirit. And it'll confirm you and empower you. Now, watch what he says. He says, this is a, how do I call it? A qualified compliment. He says, you Samaritans don't know who you're worshiping. It's a compliment. At least you worship it. It's qualified because you don't know the God that you're worshiping. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm, I'm supposed to be talking about inviting, but I just got that because I think he's talking to somebody here. Listen to me. How is it possible? To worship God and not know him. Do you mean that it's possible for me to come to church on Sunday, sing, read, listen to the message, and not know him? Yes, sir. Well, how is that so? Well, listen. He said, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The truth refers to being able, the truth refers to that which can be relied on. Here's, I want you to think about this. Some of us come and worship here. But when we leave here, we don't think about God till we come back here. Which means we, haven't, we don't rely on him during the week. Now, if you don't rely on him, then you don't fully know him. You don't know that he's a way maker. He can make a way out of no way. You, 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 you don't know that he's, he, he's the one who's made you a conqueror through his love. You, 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 you don't know that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You, you, you. Because you don't rely on him. You rely on your intellect. You rely on your charisma. You rely on your influence. But, 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 but if you leave here, come on now, and before you make that parenting choice, you talk to God and ask for his wisdom. And, 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 and before you 
you make that business decision. You, I, I, I met somebody the other night said, every Friday they have a prayer meeting and a Bible study before they execute their business uh, uh, stuff. Come on now, that's relying on God. Y'all ain't listening. That, 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 that you're looking to his word for wisdom and direction and correction. Y'all, y'all hear me what I'm saying? And then when you come in here and we sing about what a mighty God we have, you celebrate. You say, yeah, I know that God because he brought me out of something. The more you rely on him in good and bad, the better you come to know him. All right, then it ends. Tell the person next to you, wake up, wake up, wake up. So then she says to him, she says, she says, this is my translation. You're strange. You're not like any other man I've met. She says, I I believe in the Messiah. And and what she was suggesting, could it be? He goes on and answers it. Come on now. I'm he. Good God, everybody shout, I'm he. Oh, Lord, Jesus is the one. Come on now. I don't care what faith you are. Come on. There is no substitute for Jesus. Come on. He is the ultimate expression of God. Come on. His love and his grace and his eternal life. And so so she leaves her job and she runs in. Watch this, the power of personal testimony. Here it is. She goes goes back to that village and she goes to her her friends and she goes to her neighbors. Watch what she does. That, 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 That when invitation exposes you to the radical love of God, then you find yourself inviting others who you love, who matter to you, who you want to make a difference in their lives, inviting them into that radical expression of love. She said, come see a man who has told me everything. Here's what she meant. Come see a man who's told me the truth about me. My history, but my future. My downfalling, but my potential. And then, and then she said, could he be? Now the scholars debate that text. They say maybe she was being smart, EQ, not forcing people to make up their mind, but just introducing them. Another scholar said, no, she was halfway there, but still incomplete in her revelation. I like that one. You know why? Because a lot of y'all say the reason why you don't invite is because you haven't been coming to church long enough. That you're not fully convinced of everything you believe. That you're, you're not, you, you don't know enough scripture. You, you don't have a theological foundation. And so you don't want to invite. But listen, I like this woman. She teaches you. You don't have to know everything to invite. Just go on a little bit that you know. Tell the person that you're going a little bit that you know. Has this been a place of love for you? Has this been a place where you've encountered Jesus? Come on now, through the lives of others, through the word preached, through the song. So has this been a place that has opened up your eyes and your mind? Well, then go for what you know. Come on, shout, go for what you know. Then lastly, watch it. When they came, they said to her, we first came because of what you told us. But now we've met him ourselves. And we know, it's the only place in the Gospels you're going to find this in Jesus' public ministry. 
And we know that he's the Savior of the world. Wouldn't it be awesome if somebody you invited would say, I came to NBCC because you invited me. But the reason I keep coming back is that I've encountered a Jesus, come on now, that has surprised me. And I now know he is the Savior of the world. Give God a hand, praise. Shout hallelujah.